Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This is episode 345, and we're talking about our top five things to do in the New Zealand summer. That's right. We first recorded this episode in 2010. 2010. And what year is it now, Linda? It's now 2017. Seven years since we've re-looked at this episode, which is crazy because New Zealand in summer is one of our favorite places in the world. Yeah, basically we want an excuse to talk about it. (laughs) Also, we're currently in rural England where it is technically summer But we aren't having much of a summer, to tell you the truth. We've been living in our jackets. So we're dreaming about the New Zealand summer. We thought it would be a good topic to talk about now. Now, I think I've got this sorted. I think I've finally figured out the perfect set of headphones to travel with. Well, you've been looking for, what, about 15 years? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So I've gone through like the in-ear, the on-ear, the round-ear, the under-ear, like under it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you well, made that up. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but whatever I could try, I've tried. And I think I'm honing in on it. So the big change was when we were in Panama and I got my first set of Bluetooth headphones. I got some Skullcandy ones. And I really liked being able to be away from the device with the Bluetooth. But I found the interaction a little bit kind of mucky. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I had to keep going back to my device to do almost anything because I couldn't get the interface to work properly. So now what I've got is actually three sets of Bluetooth headphones. I've still got the Skullcandy ones. They sit around my neck. They're nice and light. They're in ear. I've got a set of sleep phones by Acoustic Sheep. And this is like a, a headband with Bluetooth headphones inside it which are very very uh very very thin so you can lie on them and sleep on them and that's the point so that's great for audiobooks and podcasts as i'm going to bed at night i've got a great photo of craig hugging the dog with his sleep phones on maybe we'll put them on the facebook oh maybe we will <laughs> cool well if you want to see me in bed there we go so my new headphones that I've added to the mix, which have changed everything, are Sennheiser travel headphones, like over ovary headphones with active noise cancelling. It's the PXC 550 Sennheiser headphones. I've been using them for the last 10 days, and they have just been amazing. Changed my life. Three different levels of noise cancellation, which is perfect for around the house so I can still hear Linda asking me if I want a cup of coffee, right for on the train so I didn't hear the kid that was screaming about three rows down. Just being great. So I'm sticking with them. The thing I'm wondering about is adding some Apple EarPods to uh-huh. replace the Skull Candy ones. Okay. Because they seem to be a little bit more magical, but version one product, I'm waiting on version two or three or four. And also you kind of destroyed the Skull Candy ones by wearing them to bed before you got your sleep phones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of you know, hanging by threads or wires. (laughs) There's nothing like having, uh, you know, open wires near your face. It's great. So apart from being very excited about headphones, what else have we been up to? Well, uh, it's been quite a social week, really. I went down to, I went up to Scotland to spend some time with my family. I have an aunt who is turning 70. So a big family gathering over there. Lots of time sitting in lounges and backyards and having barbecues. I did manage to get out to Bannockburn and see some of the historical museum and the attractions there, and also to the Trossachs National Park. Uh, I spent some time in Calendar and 
did just a tiny little bit of hiking there, maybe about 45 minutes, just getting up in the hills and seeing some of the views and wishing I was going further up into the mountains. Awesome. And it's been quite a family-based time, hasn't it? Because my sister came to visit with her husband and two kids, which was really awesome. Yeah, so they arrived and uh, we installed them in the house and then we went out for a walk. And I'd been thinking, what can we do with a six-year-old and a four-year-old? And I thought, oh, we'll take them blackberry picking, they might like that. And we planned to go out to a light railway for a trip on a steam train. What I found really interesting was that they absolutely loved going for a walk with a dog and picking the blackberries. And they just liked being in the forest. And my sister was like, my goodness, I've been trying to get them interested in bushwalks for years. And now we go on this little walk and they're like, oh, more forest, more forest. They also really, really enjoyed watching the tortoises. They just sit there lying on the ground with their head in their hands, watching the tortoises roam around their enclosure, which was very, very cute. But one of the more interesting things was a trip to the Mid-Suffolk Light Railway where they have a real steam engine and, more excitingly for me, a real English ale pub attached. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And we also went down to Felixstowe for the typical English seaside experience of eating fish and chips on the beach while being wrapped up in our jackets with scarves on. And the boys went for a bit of a wade in in the sea as well, so it was really nice. Yeah, I've also been working super hard as well. Lots of changes at Performance Foundry, our web development and hosting company. Uh, We've had new staff come on. Uh, We've got some new packages, which we're releasing this week, and some new products that we're releasing as well. So it's just been a really intense and busy time. But enough about us. Let's get on to talking about our top five things to do in the New Zealand summer. Yeah, well, number one is to get in the water. I mean, you're on a couple of islands, you're surrounded by the Pacific Ocean, the Tasman Sea, and right through the middle of it are beautiful lakes, geothermal features, rivers. So you want to go and get in the water somehow, somewhere. Get wet, basically. New Zealand is basically composed of two islands, the North Island and the South Island, and a whole bunch of other islands. And we have about 15,000 kilometers of coastline. So wherever you are, you're sure to be near the water, whether it's the sea or, as Craig said, a lake, river, pond. And so, yeah, there's no excuse for not getting near the water. Uh, There are lots of things you can do. For example, you could go kayaking. There are lots of places to rent kayaks. One of the more well-known is Ferg's Kayaks in Auckland and Wellington. This place is right on the waterfront. It's, uh, I think it's Okahu Bay, which is between Auckland City Centre and Mission Bay, which is quite a famous place to go and have a, a cup of coffee. And um, when I was 11, we used to go there to do our waterwise lessons. Did you do waterwise, Greg? We did, but we did it in dinghies, I think, instead of in kayaks. No, we did in dinghies as well. We uh-huh. did kayaks sometimes, but it was mostly like little optimists. Yeah. So waterwise is basically learning about how to be safe on the water. So we did some swimming lessons, but it was mostly about being in boats. So we spent a lot of time being wet and miserable because it was always really cold. (laughs) But it was, I don't know, a really good Kiwi experience. Yeah, I really enjoyed doing a kayak tour out of Auckland, uh, leaving from a similar bay. And we went out to an island, had lunch, climbed up the top of the, uh, the volcanic cone on that island and had a view around, and yeah, it was awesome. But kayak fishing is what I want to uh, try getting into Mm -hmm. at some point, because you get all of the joy of kayaking and all of the joy of eating fish. Well, yeah, and that's another thing you can do while you are out on the water. You can go fishing from a boat, a jetty, the rocks. Be aware that fishing in rivers requires a license, so keep to the sea for the moment. Um, But yeah, you can 
hire a boat or just get a fishing rod and, and go off the jetty? Yeah, there's great sports fishing all around the place. But the Bay of Islands in the Upper North Island is one of my favorite places mm-hmm. to be based when doing longer, larger or even day fishing trips, but going after bigger game fish. And that's great. There's wonderful salmon and trout fishing in both the North and the South Island. But yeah, freshwater fishing does require a license while saltwater fishing doesn't. So make sure that you uh, follow those regulations wherever you're going. Yeah, and make sure to check the rules before you go fishing because there are catch limits. And also you need to know about the size of fish because if it's too small, you need to throw it back. Now, if you don't like catching fish, but you like to see them and related marine mammals, then going to do a cruise with whales, dolphins, seals, sea lions, or going on some of the swim with whales or swim with dolphin activities is a great way to do it. Now, interacting with wild animals in nature is always a bit iffy. But I think that the regulators in New Zealand, the Department of Conservation, have put together some sane guidelines for uh, protecting the animals and they police them very, very strongly. Yeah. So some good places to go to see marine life um, up in the Bay of Islands is a really good place for seeing dolphins and also down in Kaikoura. Now, Kaikoura is on the east coast of the South Island. And it was cut off from the rest of the South Island by a large earthquake in 2016. And one of the main highways is still blocked. So be aware if you're planning a trip around the South Island that you'll have to change your route a little bit to get there. But definitely still go because, you know, they're suffering from lack of tourist dollars. So if you can help them out, then that would be really good. Yeah, I enjoyed, we did an overnight cruise out of the Bay of Islands on a boat called the Epipiri almost 10 years ago now. No, can't have been. Must have been about five years ago. Uh, And we went for an anniversary and it was great. Small boat, I think about 40 people on the boat Mm -hmm. doing an overnight cruise with a chance to kayak. Definitely saw heaps of dolphins, jumped off on an island, did a bit of a bushwalk. It was beautiful. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2012, actually. I was just looking through photos. So yeah, five years ago. So some more things to do on the water. You can go surfing or windsurfing. Uh, There are plenty of places to hire equipment and... Yeah, heaps of places to go. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, if you're going, I hate salt water and I hate sand, and this sounds like my idea of hell, at least hop on a ferry. Out of Auckland, you can jump over to Devonport, which is a cute little village on the uh, North Shore. Go out to Rangitoto, a volcanic crater in the middle of the harbour, or out to Waiheke, where you can go wine tasting and go around the sculpture gardens on that island. Or you can catch the ferry from Wellington to Picton, so between the two islands. And it's a really nice journey. It's about three hours by by ferry and uh, is a great way to connect the two islands. So if you're not in the water, there's plenty to do back on the land too. Point number two, things to do in the New Zealand summer is to get active. And if you've been following us at all, you know that we love to hike or as we call it in New Zealand, to tramp. Yeah, so there are lots and lots and lots of walking paths in New Zealand, including the Great Walks. We've talked about the Milford Track in a previous podcast, and we want to do the Lake Waikiramoana one next. I think it's about five days all the way around a lake uh, in the North Island, so that should be really good. But there are lots of other walks just as short as five minutes through a forest or as long as several months. (laughs) So whatever you want to do, you can find a hike that works for you. One of our favorite ones is in the Kawika Forest Park. 
there are these hot springs. So you drive down, I think it's about, well, it's about seven hours from Auckland. You had to go down to Taupo and then a bit further and then kind of north again. It was a bit difficult to get to. You walk for about four hours and there's a campground. And at the campground, they've put in these two big fishing tubs that are big enough to fit six people each. So you can fit 12 people. And there's hot springs there and they've rigged up this pipe to catch the water. So these two big tubs have got hot water in it so you can have a spa. And it was absolutely perfect. If you wanted to have the kind of Swedish sauna experience, it was a very, very cold river that you could go and jump into (laughs) and then go and jump back in the spa. So that was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, the best place to base yourself out of if you want to go and do that overnight walk is uh, out of Napier. Mm -hmm. So you can go and enjoy the Art Deco city during one day. You might just be able to squeeze in Carwicka there and back, but it would be a very uh, tough trip. Best to do it overnight. Go camp out by the hot springs or use the hut and then come back again. Unfortunately, the hut's about a 20-minute walk from the hot springs. That's why we decided not to stay there. So I think taking a tent is the best way to make sure you get the full experience. Well, there's short walks all over the place. And since you're most likely to fly into Auckland, the ones around Auckland, there's the Auckland Coast to Coast, which goes from the Manukau Harbour to the Waitemata Harbour, or vice versa, depending on which way you do it. That's, you know, kind of half a day and is quite an interesting walk, not only through both waterfronts, but also through a lot of older suburbs in the middle and over a couple of volcanic cones. But getting out to Waitakere, the Waitakere Ranges, in the west, near Auckland Central, that is definitely the place to go if you want to do some kind of real bushwalking or tramping near Auckland. I recommend you check out the Department of Conservation website to find more information about tracks. That's doc.govt.nz. So Linda mentioned Mission Bay earlier on, and... This is a great place to go if you're around the city centre or the east coast of Auckland because what you can do is hire a bike at either end and uh, cycle backwards and forwards if you wished, but cycle along the waterfront around all of these different bays from the city down to Mission Bay or vice versa. Or uh, it's very popular to go rollerblading or longboarding, skateboarding along that same route. So that is a really pretty cycle ride to do. Yeah. And there are heaps of new cycle paths around the country as well, or maybe not so new, and I've just been hearing about them recently. But I really want to do the Otago Rail Trail, which is a several-day uh, cycling path in Otago, obviously. Yeah, so you, you cycle along and you can stop at different places. I believe there are wineries. You know, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing the Otago Rail Trail, you're really near Queenstown, which is the home of bungee jumping. Mm. And I don't think we can talk about being active in New Zealand and going there for some kind of high-level events without talking about bungee jumping. Definitely. Now, we have gone bungee jumping, and I was considering putting the video of me going bungee jumping on the show notes. Oh, yeah, we should do that. Mm, it's yeah. really, really embarrassing. So, okay, I will. I'll put the link to my horribly embarrassing bungee jump video in the show notes and you can check it out. But, um, yeah, Queenstown is where bungee jumping began as a commercial enterprise, but there is more than just the one place to go. If you're not in Queenstown, you can also go in Taupo. I think Rotorua also has it. Uh, Auckland, the Auckland Harbour Bridge bungee is quite a popular one. So there are lots of places to go bungee jumping. Queenstown is known as the capital of adventure sports in New Zealand, though, and there are lots of things to do down there, including abseiling, climbing, yeah, all sorts of things. 
One thing I think is a bit unusual that not many places offer is black water rafting. Uh-huh. So everyone's heard of white water rafting where you're on the river and, you know, racing down and trying to stay on the right side of the raft for as long as possible. And there's plenty of great rafting opportunities as well as jet boating opportunities around the place. But blackwater rafting is kind of a, a play on this where you're actually going through underground rivers underneath massive limestone caves. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. You're looking at me like it's pretty traumatic. It's just really cold. <laughs> it, no, but it's really awesome. I went at uh, Waitomo Caves and, you know, you had to wear a wetsuit and everything. It was really freezing, but it was so cool. We kind of abseiled down into the into the underground river. Then we got these inner tubes that we rafted along. And as we went, we saw all these glowworms, which was a very interesting experience. Yeah, those glowworms are pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Well, around that area of Waitomo is Rotorua, which also has a big kind of outdoor adventure focus. And around Rotorua, there's great cycling paths again, lots of mountain biking there. But I'm thinking specifically about Zorbing, Mm -hmm. which you've probably seen. There's a big blow up ball and you jump into it and roll down a hill inside a big kind of plastic ball. Yeah. I haven't tried it. I'm, I'm interested, but I haven't done it yet. The thing that I think of when I think of Rotorua is the luge. Whenever we went to Rotorua when I was a kid, I was always really freaked out by it. So it's basically like a toboggan on wheels and you catch the gondola up to the top of the hill and then you go down on this, this luge and then you can go back up by chairlift. Kind of psyching myself up to go the first time was always really hard and really scary and then I'd do it and then I'd love it and not want to stop and of course you know you buy like three goes and then it gets really expensive (laughs) for your (laughs) mum so lots of uh, lots of activities lots of things to do but one of my favorite I guess ways of being while in (laughs) New Zealand over summer is to be out on a road trip I mean so here are like the the pinnacle events right Mm -hmm. that you do but being in a car, driving around, having the freedom to go to this campsite or that hotel, stay at this beach another day or move further north or further south, that freedom of opportunity to just sit somewhere or to go on just epitomizes the New Zealand summer to me. Yeah. I mean, we've been on so many, so many road trips in New Zealand and and sometimes it's just a day trip, sometimes it's a weekend. We've been on some really great epic journeys of like six weeks. I remember shortly before we started traveling full time, we did, I think it was about six weeks with our friend Ange, who actually just came to visit us. It was pretty cool. And uh, we started in Auckland and made our way south and then caught the ferry across to Picton. And then we actually did one of, well, it wasn't a great walk, but it was quite an awesome hike uh, called the Queen Charlotte Track. And then we did three weeks around the South Island, which was absolutely amazing. And we visited the Pancake Rocks and glaciers and, oh, it was just so cool. So I think traveling by road trip in New Zealand is definitely the way to see the country. Now, I'm sure you agree that a road trip is 100% the way to see New Zealand. And if you want to go on a road trip but don't want to drive or maybe you want to meet some like-minded people on your way, our sponsor for this week has the perfect solution. This episode of the Indie Travel Podcast is sponsored by Stray, New Zealand's off-the-beaten-track adventure specialists. Stray are experts in off-the-beaten-track New Zealand adventure tours. They're New Zealand-owned and operated started in 2001, 
looking to create a road trip experience that reflected, you know, everything we've been talking about, New Zealand's outdoorsy, adventurous way of life with, a, you know, a flexibility to jump down into local secret spots and, and going to places that other people might not. Now, as you know, we are particularly proud of our country and Stray are also very proud of New Zealand and they're proud to show off everything that New Zealand has to offer. So they really love to show you the off-the-beaten-track experiences such as awesome beaches, hiking over volcanic plateaus, uh, the idea of racing boogie boards down majestic sand dunes, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, and also getting up into the high country, getting up into the sheep farms so you can find out where all of those really expensive merino pullovers <laughs> come from. And uh, yeah, and into the fjords as well with the big waterfalls, doubtful sound, all those marine mammals. It's, yeah, it's just fantastic. And they have local guides which provide commentary and answer your questions and basically get the group together. And the group size varies from 12 to 24, so it's not enormous and you get the feeling of a fun-sized group to share your experiences with. So visit their website, straytravel.com, for information about the different routes they have. So yeah, I think this kind of thing is perfect when you want to go on a road trip, but you don't have a license, or you don't have time to plan, or you don't have time just to get around all of the things that you want to. Because mm -hmm. driving long distances in New Zealand can be tiring. Oh, it's yeah. a very different experience from jumping on an autobahn, for example. The, the roads are country roads. You know, it's the size of the UK with only four and a half million in population. So not everything's at kind of a, a big scale. And it means that driving, uh, you do have to pay attention. Well, that's right. I mean, a lot of people coming from Queenstown want to, want to get up to Milford Sound. You know, we told you that we did the Milford track recently. And it's a beautiful, beautiful scenic highway that takes you from Queenstown to Milford, the Milford Sound. But unfortunately, people expect to be able to do it in a very short amount of time. And it isn't necessarily a very long drive, but you need to allow about double the, the amount of time a lot of people do. So that's something else to consider. If you're not quite sure about distances, driving times, then definitely consider going on a, a straight tour. Okay, so if you were going to choose, say, four places to go, if you were going to be jumping on a stray bus or jumping in a car and you could hit four different areas in the country, where would you go? Well, one of our favorite places to go when we have people come to visit is north of Auckland. So you hop in the car, you go up to Matakana for the farmer's market, and then you make your way to the Bay of Islands. And I always used to love going all the way up to Cape Reinger and watching the two oceans collide all the way up there, right at the very top. I'd probably also visit uh, Tapodopuru, which is my little favorite beach right up there in the north as well. And um, yeah, spend some time in the Bay of Islands, Pai here and Russell. So that would be one, maybe could be a, a weekend road trip or it could be a whole week. So that was number one. Number two, around the North Island. So south to Taupo, maybe across to Napier, like you said, and down to Wellington. And I don't know, I'd probably do an enormous epic South Island road trip like the one I told you about. So yeah, I'll just do those three. I don't need that's, four. That, that, well, that's pretty good because in point number two, you mentioned three different places that are <laughs> hundreds of kilometers apart from each other. So yeah, well done. <laughs> oh, were you wanting three different places? Sorry. Well, that's the benefit of a, a road trip, right? You can go and see a whole lot of different places. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was cheating. Okay. Totally cheated okay, on my what, question. What would your four top places be then? Well, I was thinking about this, and I would probably go thematically. Uh -huh. And it being summer and a nice time to be out and about, 
I'd probably choose to go to different wine regions. How did I guess that that was what was going to come out of your mouth? (laughs) I'm sure everyone is really surprised. (laughs) I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. So, yeah, so I go Bay of Islands again. Um, Northland's wine is unique, strange, some might say, but there's some fantastic wines coming out of there in a really young and nascent industry. Fantastic place to go for interest. Uh, Number two, down to the East Coast, either Napier, Hastings, Gisborne, any of those to explore the wine region around there. Now, you'd have to, because you're on a car, you'd have to go down to uh, Wellington to get on the ferry. Mm -hmm. So you can just pop over the hills into Martinborough on the way, and that doesn't count. That doesn't count. No, that doesn't count. No, no. You just do that. And then Picton, get there, you're... On the doorstep of Marlborough, so you've got all that Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc that everyone likes so much. And then down at Queenstown and the area around there for the Pinot Noir and everything else that goes with it. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. You could also put together a road trip based on seeing the big things, you know, like the enormous LMP bottle in Pyroa. There's an enormous kiwi fruit somewhere. There's an enormous carrot. You could put together a road trip like that as well. That would be quite fun. You could, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth. Well, talking of carrots, what what should we tell people about the cuisine? Well, number four is you've got to enjoy the New Zealand cuisine, right? Now, we don't necessarily have a world-renowned cuisine. We're not French, but we do have some things that are uniquely ours. Now, I was just talking earlier about eating fish and chips on the beach in England. It's much better in New Zealand because A, the beaches are better, and B, the fish and chips are better. So, you know, that's, that's something you need to do. There's also a massive lack of peas, which I think is winning. Yeah. Well, I just, it was really cool. Last time we were back in New Zealand, we were hanging out at home and uh, one of our friends sent us a message by WhatsApp saying, hey, who wants to meet at the beach for fish and chips? And so we just went down to the beach. Luckily, we were living about five minutes walk from where they were meeting. So in fact, I think we might have encouraged them to meet there. And uh, someone picked up fish and chips on the way. Magic. Another option for kind of quick snacky meals is the traditional New Zealand meat pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is pastry with meat and gravy in it. It's it's a classic. Yeah. You can also have a barbecue. It's kind of the traditional Kiwi summer meal. Uh, every meal of the day, breakfast, lunch and dinner, we'll fire up the barbecue and, and cook something up on it. So you might have a few friends around. You might just have a regular dinner. It was quite cool. Recently, we were in a campsite in somewhere in New Zealand, and they had barbecues just available to, to use. And sometimes in parks, they're available as well. So even if you're traveling, you can still have the barbecue experience. I was trying to convince someone the other day that this was true, that before we started traveling full time over a summer, I'd quite literally use the barbecue almost every meal of the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I normally just have coffee for breakfast, but if I was having breakfast, there'd be bacon and eggs out on the barbecue. For lunch, there'd be sausages or hamburger patties or something like that cooked on the barbecue. For dinner, there'd be fish or steak with uh, some vegetables to roast over the barbecue. Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of living outside and eating off this thing all of the time. One of our friends has this great barbecue recipe for cooking a chicken over a beer can on the barbecue, and it was quite delicious. Yeah, beer can chicken. I think that's more of an Australian classic. Yeah, it might well be. Anyway, you've also got to try the New Zealand drinks, like LMP, as I mentioned earlier. It's our national soft drink. Uh, and, of course, New Zealand beer and wine. 
Thinking about things that uh, New Zealand and Australia fight over is pavlova, which is a type of meringue which is still in dispute. Yeah, that right? it's ours. Still in dispute. It's kind of a traditional Christmas dish. Well, it's a summer dish. It's something you eat in summer because you have this big fluffy meringue with whipped cream and strawberries and kiwi fruit on top. Delicious. Okay, let's move on to number five, which is go to outdoor events. And there are certainly no shortage of outdoor events in New Zealand in summer. Sometimes finding where they are and what's going on can be a bit of a challenge. So ask at the local tourist office or search online. Yeah, I think that uh, council websites can be a really good place to find things because they'll be listing a lot of the stuff that they're aware of, which is handy, especially outside of the main centres. But there's a couple of things that are always around. So music in parks is happens in Auckland every year and there'll be maybe up to a dozen different concerts in different parks around the places. Yeah, and I think they're held in other parts of the country as well. You just have to, to find out where they are. One big one is Christmas in the Park, which is held in the Auckland domain, and thousands and thousands of people go. We used to go every year, but then they decided to change the rules and wouldn't allow alcohol. And we used to have quite a nice kind of picnic, and it wasn't quite as much fun without a glass of wine. So we haven't been for a few years now. Uh, outdoor cinemas pop up everywhere, but so do outdoor summer Shakespeare events. Yeah. So if you prefer your uh, your viewing live instead of pre-recorded, it is really cool. Yeah. We always go to the one in Auckland Uni, but there's also one over in Takapuna at a theatre over there. And this time when we were back in New Zealand last summer, we went to one in the Tauranga Historical Village, which was really fun, even though it rained. And one other thing that's been happening for the last couple of years is the pop-up Globe Theatre, which is kind of semi-outdoors. So it's a full-scale replica of the the globe and it's made with scaffolding and it's really quite fun if you're standing in the the pit if you're a groundling then you do get wet if it rains that's exactly what happened when we were there eh? yeah definitely although we were in covered seats which was much better than being wet (laughs) sure thing and new zealand is sports mad so you get the the tennis open you get the cricket you get the sailing all going on over summer Yeah, so make sure to go to an event or join in on one. I mean, if you're down at the beach, there's probably a a football or rugby game that you can join in on. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a a safety announcement, though. New Zealand has a hole over the ozone layer, which means that the UV light from the sun is so much stronger than it is in most of the world. So it's really important that if you are there, you buy some local sunscreen. Don't bring sunscreen from home. Buy local because it's attuned to the right strength for the region. And then follow the the normal summer kind of safety message of slip, slop, slap, and wrap. Slip on a t-shirt, slop on some sunscreen, slap on a hat, and wrap on some sunglasses. And make sure that you keep yourself safe from that hard sun. Yeah, so I hope you have a really awesome time in New Zealand in summer. If you do go, send us an email, mail at ndtravelpodcast.com and let us know how you how you enjoyed it. Yeah, we've just got three more weeks to go here. So I reckon we'll be recording one more podcast from England before we are off. And we aren't really sure where we're going. We're going to go up to Scotland and see some more family for another week or so. And then it gets a bit blurry. So... We'll be making some plans. We'll be able to tell you about them on our next show. Well, that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.